Welcome to the Bibliography Podcast, the place for cutting-edge discussions and conversations about ancient inscriptions and their use in interpreting the Bible. Your host, Clint Burnett, is a New Testament scholar, author, and historian who holds a PhD in Biblical Studies from Boston College and currently serves as a lecturer in New Testament at Johnson University in Knoxville, Tennessee. The first Bibliography podcast was on the so-called Nazareth Inscription, which several scholars claim is inscriptional proof of the empty tomb of Jesus and thereby indirect evidence for the resurrection of Jesus. In that podcast, I discussed what the Nazareth Inscription is. It is an epigraph dated to the 1st century BCE to 1st century CE by the form of its letters, or what we call paleographical dating. The inscription was published in the 1930s, and it supposedly came from the hometown of Jesus, Nazareth, hence the name Nazareth Inscription. I also covered in that podcast the contents of the Nazareth Inscription. It is a letter sent from a Caesar condemning an incident of tomb violation and then proscribing any further such vandalism under the penalty of death. In the final part of that podcast, I tested the proposal that the Nazareth inscription was evidence of the empty tomb of Jesus or related to the spread of nascent Christianity in any way. I concluded that the epigraph is not in any way, shape, or form connected to earliest Christianity. And I even doubted that the Nazareth inscription should be called the Nazareth inscription because I don't think it came from Nazareth. I pointed out that some inscriptions have been known to wander from one place to another, especially with the help of buyers and sellers during the 19th century antiquities trade, which we know is when the Nazareth inscription was acquired. In the end, I suggested, as several others have, that the Nazareth inscription probably came from one of the cities of the Decapolis, Sepphoris, or even Samaria. I am excited to report that a new and fascinating update on the Nazareth inscription confirms my proposal that the epigraph did not come from Nazareth, while, at the same time, it overturns my suggestion that it came from anywhere in the southern Levant. In this scientific study, published in the January 2020 edition of the Journal of Archaeological Science Reports, so we're talking hot off the presses here, a group of researchers publish their findings from their examination of the marble of the Nazareth inscription. The purpose of this examination was to determine whence the epigraph came, or its provenance. The researchers conducted a stable isotope analysis of the Nazareth inscription's marble, which they then matched to known stable isotope compositions from ancient marble quarries in the Greco-Roman world. When they compared the results of the stable isotope analysis of the Nazareth inscription's marble to the isotope analyses of marble quarries, they discovered 
that our epigraph's unique isotopic signature indicates that its marble came from Kos, which is an island off the western coast of ancient Asia Minor, modern-day Turkey, and 1,111 kilometers, or for those of you who are metrically impaired like myself, 690 miles northwest of ancient Palestine. Provided that the Nazareth inscription came from the Mediterranean, which is almost certain, the researchers conclude, quote, the stable isotope data presented above strongly indicate that the marble used for the Nazareth inscription came from Kos, end quote. Now, the question still remains, how did this inscription get from Kos to Nazareth? The researchers provide two options. The first is that we know that Herod the Great, who ruled Judea from 37 B.C., to 4 BCE, and his son Herod Antipas, who ruled over the Galilee where Nazareth is located after his father's death and until 39 CE, we know they were benefactors of the island of Kos. Herod the Great paid for the construction of a gymnasium on the island. In return, the island city honored both of these Herods with what we call honorary inscriptions, showing thanks for what they've done. Given this connection, the researchers note that it is possible that the Nazareth inscription traveled from Kos to ancient Palestine during one of the reigns of these Herods. The second option is the one that they most favor, and that is that the inscription was never taken to Nazareth and has no connection whatsoever to ancient Palestine. This means that the individual who first purchased the inscription, Wilhelm Fruner, in 1878, means that he was duped. The researchers go so far as to offer a plausible historical context for the inscription that matches its supposed date, the 1st century BCE, and location, Kos. From around 50 to about the 20s BCE, those are approximate dates, a tyrant named Nikias ruled the island of Kos. Evidently, he was not well-liked by his subjects. And so the Kians, these would be the people of Kos, when Nikias died, they vandalized his tomb and they desecrated his corpse. Krinagorios of Mytilene, who lived in the first century BCE and composed epigrams, recalled this event in one of these epigrams. He says, quote, Don't say that death is the boundary of life. Like the living, the dead have different sources of misfortunes. Observe only Nikias of Kos. He was lying in Hades already. But his corpse came into the light of the sun. For the citizens of Kos tore down the bars of his tomb and drug out the miserable devil for the penalty of a second death, end quote. Given this historical event and that it provides a plausible background from which to interpret the Nazareth inscription's reference to tomb desecration, the researchers conclude, quote, a parsimonious explanation would be that the edict 
of Caesar was issued by Augustus as a reaction to the unruly episode on Kos. In this case, Fruner and his buyers were duped by a clever merchant, and the violated tomb and removed corpse in question on the Nazareth inscription are not those of Christ, but Nikias. End quote. I am grateful to these researchers, especially to Kyle Harper, who was on this team, who conducted this study that has put to rest any question whatsoever that the Nazareth inscription provides evidence for the empty tomb of Jesus and thereby indirect evidence to his resurrection. If you wish to know more about inscriptions like the Nazareth inscription, and actually what inscriptions can tell us about earliest Christianity, then I encourage you to buy my book, Studying the New Testament Through Inscriptions and Introduction, which is published by Hendrickson Publishers. This book is available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, ChristianBook.com, and wherever good books are sold. I'm Clint Burnett. Thank you for listening. You've been listening to the Bibliography Podcast with Clint Burnett. For more information on the podcast, visit our website, bibliography.com, and follow us on Twitter, at Bibblepigraphy. For show notes, images, and links, visit bibblepigraphy.com slash inscriptions. If you enjoyed this podcast, then rank us on iTunes and donate at bibblepigraphy.com slash donate to help this podcast continue.